back to Tombstone Minute, the podcast where we discuss the movie Tombstone minute by minute. I'm Rob, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friend Joe. Hi there. Um, minute 13 we're on. This is the minute where uh, <clears throat> the card game, Ed's a little upset, and he uh, he threatens Doc. And if I, if I remember correctly, at the end of this minute, it seems like Doc may have... He he tries to defuse it, but it looks like a scuffle is about to start when this minute ends. Oh, it actually ends with the knife in the guy's ribs. Mm-hmm. So it ends poorly for someone. That's Spoilers, Frank Stallone. That's Frank. You guessed it, Frank Stallone. Uh, this scene has a uh, a line I really enjoy, and I think it's during this minute by minute watching that I've learned to enjoy it. It's when Ed Bailey, played by Frank Stallone, says, "I'm tired of listening to your mouth." I don't know why, like adding to your to your mouth makes it like. Do you know how many times I've wanted to say this, say that during the recording of this podcast? <laughs> Tired of listening to your mouth. Um, and this also has another great Doc Holiday line, which he talks about Ed Bailey, how hurt he would be if he thought that he wasn't his friend. Yeah, it's it's. I, if someone talked to me like that at a poker table, I would be so upset. Yeah, we also have um, the first reference of um, Doc Holliday called the name that he gets mocked the most for, which is Lunger. Mm-hmm. The man has an affliction. We don't need to mock it. <laughs> it's crazy. He's got tuberculosis, and everyone's like, that's what people mock about him. Like, oh, you're just a Lunger. Yeah, it's. I, I don't think it's appropriate, personally. A story time with Joe about... Val Kilmer and um, Bob Dylan, I believe. Yeah. You mentioned. <laughs> so this was uh, something Val. Kil- I, I saw this uh, man three or four years ago. Um, Val Kilmer was doing promotion for this, uh, like I believe it was a a one man show he was doing as Mark Twain. Okay. Which is which is great, or maybe it was a movie. I don't know. The, the work was yeah, it was a one man show. Citizen Twain it is called. And by the way. If that ever comes back, I'm going to see it for sure. Yes. Uh, so, uh, I uh, I believe I first saw this uh, on Grantland, on one of their Hollywood prospectus pieces, and then I, I was able to find it, and they type up the transcript here. Um, so apparently Bob Dylan um, uh, w- was willing to meet Val Kilmer. Uh, they had a, a mutual friend, uh, and then... Uh, Bob calls him straight away, and he goes up to visit him in his hotel room. Uh, and so Bob Dylan comes over, and guess what Bob Dylan wanted to talk about the whole time? Please tell me it was this movie. Yes. Really? Uh, so Val Kilmer says he shows up and sits down, and he wants to talk about Tombstone, but I just can't, you know, nor can I talk about any of his stuff. Eventually he says, ain't you going to say anything about that movie? <laughs> And I said, no, why don't you just play play ball blowing in the wind? <laughs> and uh, apparently, like, that was it. And um, so Val Kilmer said, no, he wouldn't quote it. And he's like, I get like that sometimes. And I, and I could sort of understand that. How often do you think someone goes up to Val Kilmer and he's like, oh, I'm your Huckleberry? I'm sure it happens all the time. In fact, my – listen, we have dreams on this podcast. We'll see what happens. But the number one dream would be if either Val Kilmer – if Val Kilmer or Kurt Russell were was a guest, or Bob Dylan, or Bob, yes, 
And honestly, if he's that big of a fan, maybe he's listening. Oh, man. Yeah, Bob Dylan, if you're listening, um, you'll gladly have you as a guest. Yeah. You can okay, choose your minutes. Congrats on the Nobel Prize uh, from yeah. a month or two ago. Uh, Patty Smith um, had a beautiful rendition of uh, Hard Rain's Gonna Fall. Um, so it's not done yet. So Val Kilmer claims he felt so bad about it. He was trying to think of how he could make it up to him. So what he did is he recorded It's All Right, Ma, I'm Only Bleeding as Doc Holliday and put all the big lines from the movie into the song and made him a tape. Does that exist somewhere? Can you imagine? Uh, it's what, like, uh. doesn't that go into the beautiful mind of Val Kilmer? It's like, oh, how can I make this up to him? I'll read you the lines from It's All Right, Ma, I'm Only Bleeding. And sing it as Doc Holiday and include my greatest lines. Wow. Oh, man. I would do anything to listen to that. That would be amazing. We should have had that for our theme song. Well, Bob Dylan has basically released every single recording he ever made, even if it was, like, out of the trunk of his car at a gas station with all these archives. I feel like this is a worthy cover to include. That's true. Well, but it'd be Val Kilmer's, but yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean, a cover of a Bob Dylan cover. Um, um, so yeah, so wow. <laughs> good stuff there. Wow. I also, uh, if we're going to do callbacks to last time, I forgot to mention how great it is that the first time we see after that close up of Val Kilmer's face, it cut, it cuts to a, a wider shot of him. And there's just this big naked lady on the, uh, painted on the wall behind him. Would you, would you say that doc and Kate is a relationship that works? Cause I don't believe they're married, right? Uh, I'm sure they're not. Cause so, they have I mean, I, they have, <laughs> um, I, I did a little research into the sequence and, um, <clears throat> I was like, Oh, is Ed Bailey a real guy? Yes. Of course he is. Ed Bailey is a real guy, but not like a, not like real as in everyone else where they're like historical figures, essentially about nine years after Doc Holliday died. This story came out where they, uh, the story came out that he had been in Fort Griffin, Texas. Because that was why I started looking this up. Is where are they? Okay. Because it's you know they're not. Is in that like way in like the middle of nowhere, West Texas or something? Uh, yeah, it's like in the middle of Texas, like north North Texas, about eight hundred miles from Tombstone. Okay. Um, so apparently, about nine years after um, Doc Holliday died. Uh, Doc Holliday does die of tuberculosis. So he was diagnosed at 21. He died at 35 from tuberculosis. Um, you know who else was diagnosed at 21? Another who? poet, John Keats. With tuberculosis? Yes. Actually, John Keats might have died at 21. Now that I think about it. I know John Keats died in his early 20s. I, I don't know which one of those two guys are a better poet. but So John Keats was a lunger? Both pretty good. <laughs> um, so... <clears throat> In the original story that came out, so not, like there's no record of this at all. And then nine years after Doc Holliday dies, there's a story in like the San Francisco paper that talks about it. And um, in the original story, Ed was cheating, and Doc was like, "Hey, play poker." You know, he's kind of saying like, "Hey, stop cheating." And the best part is, this is a direct quote from the article. The way he was cheating is he was. And you have to let me know if you've ever heard of this monkeying with the dead wood. No, I Which, don't know that. Um, I believe, means when you're like taking a card from the discard pile. What? Yeah, which obviously you're not supposed to Grow do. Grow up. And so uh, the story goes that Ed did that, 
and then uh, Doc sort of said, "Come on now, play poker," and then and then he did it again. And at that point, which was in his right, Doc just said, "Well, I win this pot," and took all of it. And then Ed Bailey got a little cross about that. Okay. And then the stabbing occurred. The thing is, is I don't think this actually ever happened because outside of just someone telling the story nine years later, there's not really any evidence that. But Ed Bailey himself was just like a well-liked man in the town. (laughs) (laughs) And and like sort of in, in this movie, like Doc Holliday has such an air of romance and like authority about him. Whereas yeah. in reality, if some drunk, sweaty 21-year-old was saying all that stuff to me at a poker table, I'd be pretty upset, too. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm not sure how old he is at this point. But, yeah, he's probably in his 20s. I mean, he only was alive for about 15 years after he was diagnosed. So oh, okay. between 21 I, I, and I, I 35. Was, I, I missed Sergi before. I didn't know he lived that. That's a long time. Yeah. Well, that's why he, you know, he moved out west. So, sure. um, But, yeah, Ed was monkeying with the Deadwood. Don't do that. Which you should never do. <laughs> See, this this movie uh, leads us to uncover some educational gems from the historical record. Yeah, like I had no idea that Keats was a lunger until you told me. Uh, yeah, I believe both of his parents and his older brother died of the disease as well. You know, so um, Doc's mom died of tuberculosis as well. He was 15 when she died. It's, if Doc's mom died when he was 15, then six years later he got tuberculosis. Was it like in the floorboards? Like <laughs> no, what? Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, he was kept licking the floor. I don't get what he was thinking <laughs> with that. It's kind of weird. Southern gentleman. Um, he's monkeying with the deadwood. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, do you have anything else on this minute? Uh, minute 13. Oh, I, I actually have one more thing if you don't. Oh, I, I do, but it's brief. Okay. But you can go first. So there's this also this moment where Ed Bailey, he gets really upset. And he's like, I'm not uh, – he goes, I'm not afraid of guns after Doc Holliday shows his gun. And he goes, without those guns, you know, that's when he says that you're nothing but a skinny lunger. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that mean he is afraid of guns? Because – Yes. Without him, he's nothing, right? Like, he just sort of contradicts himself immediately afterwards. Doc should have explained that to him. Sir, you're not making sense. (laughs) Sir. (laughs) I mean, I guess, let's be honest, Ed's a little scared. Yeah. Uh, Another thing I would note, after he clicks those guns. Yeah. That, and shout out to the the, uh, sound designer for this film. Just after he clicks it, the, the roulette ball falls off of the spinner and like lands in the hole of the roulette wheel which i think is just such a nice little thing in the background as there's that silent tension yep everyone's looking at the table and then the roulette the ball lands in its slot good stuff yeah what a great sequence. and then with the, <laughs> then doc lays his guns on the table there now we're friends again <laughs> now we're friends again which to be fair to doc he seems like he's like hey all right we're done and ed ed you know, unlike the real story that we might not even be real, um, Ed got cross. Ed's Too one who makes the first the move there. Too you hot know. under the collar. Yeah. Uh, noted recording star. Um, didn't you say, um, Joe, a few weeks ago during the Grammys that uh, he got Frank mad. Sloan had some comments? He got mad online. <laughs> I mean, like, Frank Stallone is uh, – <laughs> Let's just say that his politics do not align with your typical uh, Hollywood or music industry politics. Do you think they align? 
Do you think they align with Ed Bailey's politics? That's a great question. Uh, I, I, you know, as we established generally in the, in the world of Tombstone, the landowners tended to be union guys and the, uh, the bandits tended to be more Confederate guys. Um, yeah. I don't know where Ed Bailey mixes in with that. He, he certainly seems like a man who's got a few uh, bucks in his pocket based on the way he's dressed and groomed. Mm-hmm. Unlike E.B. Nice. Farnham's older brother, who's also <laughs> sitting at the table. <laughs> what I also love about just thinking about sort of the mise-en-scene of, of the scene is all of the random objects that are in the middle of the table that had been bet on that hand. Yes. There's like a pocket watch. There's some cash, coin, chips. There should be some car keys. I know I that know. goes. <laughs> there's, I know there's a ring on the table as well. Yeah. So like... For all, just, we have missed so much betting action uh, leading up to this. Uh, I wonder, what was the last, oh, it was $500, right? Uh, that's what he, yep. what he has to call. So that's and weird. And that guy like, folds. The other guy folds at that point, Yeah, the too. third, E.B. Farnham's older brother, folds. And yeah. um, the weird thing is, like, all of these random objects had been bet already. But then this guy still has $500 in coins somewhere. I... It, I... I don't know I believe, about the realism of the the props here. I believe the third guy who folded, he had put everything he had in there, and it just got too hot for him. He had nothing else to give. So I think that Doc and Ed had cash, that but E.B. Yeah. E. Farnham's older brother does not, and he's, he's, he's out of everything, which at that point, folding is the worst thing he could do. He's <laughs> already he's pot already, committed. He's pot committed. He, that. He's put everything he owns into that box. Well, the Farnums and... aren't the brightest, uh, <laughs> brightest of the bunch. Oh, well, I think uh, I think that's about all I have for this minute. Yeah, yeah. All right. I think we did well, a great job. I think we are doing a great job. Um, he makes me laugh. That's why we say about my friend Joe. Um, <laughs> all right. Hey, lucky episode number thirteen in the bag. In the bag. We'll be back tomorrow with episode fourteen. And as always, you can follow us. Um, tombstoneminute.com. Thank you.